Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. One of the fears that I think is that she won't love me. I have a very, like, this sense of imposter syndrome. Do you yeah. feel sometimes like you're impostering as in in your mothering of this little girl? Yeah, like I don't belong. Um, that I'm not good enough to be raising her. Um, because she just, she really goes back and forth by really loving the idea of calling me mommy and then saying, but you're not my mommy. Mommy, come down from heaven. And um, it's just this like polarizing feeling, like trying to make her feel secure in my role in her life, but also recognizing that like she didn't grow in my body and that she knows that and misses her mom and like feels that hole and there's really nothing I can do about it. And I wonder like, will she ever like love me deeply the way that I strive to love her? This is Motherhood Sessions. I'm Dr. Alexandra Sachs. Today I'm talking to a woman we're calling Harper. She's in her late 20s and lives in Virginia. Five years ago, she married her first husband, but shortly after, he died in a car crash. A few years later, trying to move on, she joined a support group for other young widows. It was a Facebook group of all things. Young Widowed in Dating is what it was called. Through this group, Harper met the man who would become her second husband, a widower with a five-year-old daughter. The little girl was three when she lost her mom to brain cancer. I think I say this jokingly, but it's really serious that there are a lot of people in our relationship. There's, you know, my dead spouse, there's his dead spouse, um, and then there's the, you know, the little girl in the middle of it. Now, Harper is trying to embrace the role of stepmom while also honoring her stepdaughter's loss. I think that I always just feel so uncertain. I question everything, um, whether or not I should be the one to tuck her in or whether I should be the one that is disciplining a behavior um, or even giving affection. Like, am I the one that jumps in when she's sad or she falls down? Um, Like how much, you know, I don't want to overcompensate for me not being her biological mother or for me having this new role in her life. But I also don't want her to feel separate from me. Do you know much about her mom? Yeah, um, I've tried really hard to learn about like her personality and her quirks and what she did and didn't like because it means a lot to me to keep her alive yeah. for um, our stepdaughter or my stepdaughter. But, what do you know about about this woman? Oh, that she was fun and joyful. Um, that she could be very stubborn, but she was always ready to. Um, Kind of what they always say is that if she wanted to do something, she did it. So whether that was like 
booking a cruise out of nowhere or like going on a trip to Disneyland, like whatever experience it was, like she just kind of grabbed life by the horns and, you know, brought the people she loved with her. And she just kind of had this infectious happiness. And I mean, you know, I know that like no one's perfect and the memories we share of like the ones who have passed on, like it's a little like rose colored sometimes. I mean, she was not without fault, but like I, I do wonder often if she would be proud or happy that I'm the person who fills this role now. Um, Sometimes when I'm, you know, losing my patience, I'm like, would, would she be impatient right now? Is it, is it truly a hard moment or is it because I don't have this natural maternal bond and that I'm like, I feel that I have to fight um, for that connection. And for me to like want this life with her family that she should have never left, you know? Um, So that's part of the imposter fear. Oh yeah. Like I, I am being loved in the way that she is supposed to be being loved. And, um, you're filling her shoes. Yeah. And you're not sure if you deserve it. Yeah. I, I feel sometimes that I'm filling her shoes and I, I struggle to assert my own personality maybe, um, or that I like things differently. You know, they, even things like football, I, I don't enjoy the sport and she, you know, made an effort to learn to enjoy it, you know, with my husband and they like have great memories. And I, you know, I don't see myself being that gung ho ever. And, you know, even little things, things like that. We're enjoying wine, you know, having a a glass of wine and I I don't like wine. (laughs) It makes me tired, but that was a thing that they shared. And, um, you know, we share different things and it's, it's hard to sometimes figure out what is a quality that I would really like to emulate from her mothering or her, her time as a wife. And like, what is, what is my particular stamp? Um, does your husband talk about her? Yeah. All the time. And how do you feel when he's talking about her? I think most of the time. I'm just kind of there to witness it, you know, and I'm there to learn. Um, I think there have maybe been moments when I felt a little jealous or resentful or as if I was in a shadow, and I don't think that there's any way that I couldn't. Um, but he's had the strength and, like, the emotional ability to sit with me through those things and to give me the space to work on it on my own. Yeah. But I also understand that I do the same thing. Like, I share memories of my first husband and— um, I have surprising moments of grief that just come out of nowhere that he has to sit with me through. And um, How did your relationship with your husband kind of linger in your mind as you were starting this new relationship? This is very hard, especially in a physical sense, to, you know, to kiss or to be more intimate. Like, it was um, not that I felt that I was cheating, but just the difference. Um, How did it feel different? Um... I was just so accustomed to his body, even like a hand, my hand on his shoulder. Um, sometimes when I grab my new husband's shoulder, like graze against him, I expect to feel like the wiry hardness, lankiness of my first husband's body. And then his is completely different. Yeah. And it can be shocking. Like sometimes that's devastating to feel the difference. And then all of a sudden, like I'm just thrown into this moment of grief, um, we didn't fall out of love with who we lost. Like, we're still in love with them. And I think that's a hard thing for people to understand. Like, we didn't move on. We just kind of decided to move forward together. Did you ever think about 
like, wow, can I handle walking into this situation yes. and just being a step? I did wonder because I knew that it would very much be me walking into his life. And like, yes, I have my loss, but sometimes it felt like his loss overshadowed mine because a child was involved. Yeah. Um, and so I felt that his wife's memory would become more important than my husband's. I do feel like my first husband is kind of invisible because of the focus the focus on preserving her mother's memory. And um, I I think I recognize that like my husband's story is smaller and less seen. There's no one really in my current life who knew him well, who I can share memories and stories with. And so if I can't really have that in my daily life, do I get any other part of my history or do I just have to like kibosh everything that I came from? It sounds like you're feeling so uncertain if you're doing a good job here with your stepmothering. You know, are you an imposter of this little girl's mom? Are you stepping into her shoes too much or not enough? This must be really weighing on you. It it sounds so hard, and you're being very hard on yourself. Yeah, and I'm a perfectionist by nature. Like, you know, I... I try to do what is right or best or always like shift the system just enough to, you know, tweak it and perfect it. Um, I'm always looking for the better way. And I just have this very loud inner critic. Um, I find that I'm terrified to have a bad day with her. I'm terrified to repeat patterns that were were just normal in my life as a child. What and, do you mean? Um, we had a mom who was very self-sacrificing and very generous, but not really emotionally available. And I think that was in large part because she was just constantly navigating my dad's upswings and downswings. And um, when I think about my childhood, one of the first things that always comes to mind is this night when they were having a loud fight. Um, and it had gotten to a point where she decided she needed to leave the house and hopefully with all of the kids. Um, and in the tussle to get to the door, I had a sister who was two or three sitting on a bar stool who was knocked over and fell to the ground. And I remember like coming for her and holding her while she cried, trying to make it feel okay. But in the meantime, my mom and another sister get out the door. And so I'm rushing the baby to my mom. My dad's at the door. There's this huge flurry of activity. Um, she gets through and I don't, and he won't open the door and let me through. And my mom gives up at a certain point and decides that I'll be fine for the night or two lights or however long she was gone. But that is like, she it just, left. yeah, she left me. Yeah. I just felt so abandoned and upset and with the big bad wolf, you know? So, um, so yeah, it was a lot of things like that where, um, things could shift very suddenly, um, where my mom had very little power and very little voice and, um, and we were just a burden. We were something that kept her from being able to have a better life. How do you know that she felt that way? Because I felt so unseen and unloved. Um, I was always trying so hard. Um, 
I remember like cleaning the house for my mom, you know, doing the dishes or cleaning the bathroom, picking up toys. And I would wait around the corner of the door and I would wait for it to affect her somehow. Like she would come home from this hard day and I would be looking for this sense of relief or like a shoulder tension to drop or a smile. And like, I never got it. And, um, and so all this time and effort that I spent trying to regulate my mom's emotion or, um, to show her that I cared for her and feeling like it was never seen at all. Um, you know, there's no possible way you could ever keep all a child's artwork. But I remember seeing my artwork in the trash, like carelessly and like not hidden under anything and feeling like, well, I, this is my Mother's Day picture to you. Like, and it's not being kept or, you know, yeah. you know, in my family, I wasn't touched. I wasn't praised. Like I just existed I earned the nickname ghost very early in my childhood because I was very good at not making a sound when I breathed or creeping through the house or, um, and I felt that that skill was really helpful in like getting my sisters where they needed to be in the house when a fight was happening or, um, or when I needed to disappear. Yeah. So I saw my family and what I came from as bad. And I wanted to do whatever I could to look different or talk different or be different. Like, I, I'm i from the South originally, and you wouldn't know it to hear my voice. Right. I, I even broke my Southern accent. Like, I, I wanted such a departure from where I came from. I didn't want anyone to be able to draw a parallel. And I think I'm very afraid of becoming my mother or having my mother's experience. Um, yeah. I do feel like... I'm trying so hard not to act like my family acted. And um, what if that is really me deep down? Like, what if I am just emotionally checked out and unavailable and um, incapable of um, holding space for someone else's needs? Do you feel emotionally checked out when you're with this little girl? No, but I... Uh, let's see. She she could feel sad that someone hurt her feelings at school. And I just have this get over it mentality. Like, um, maybe to not even say anything, to just let her talk into the void and me not respond. Because that's what I had. And I don't want to do that with her. Like, I'm constantly watching myself and, like, feeling that, like, tug of love for her. You know, the invisible string. Um, being proud of her, being happy for her, just admiring like who she is and loving her. Um, and it is really hard for me to remember like, oh, this is a good time to give her a hug or a kiss on the cheek or, you know, like whatever it is, or like, maybe I should linger here in this moment and let her rock with me in the chair. Like I have to remind myself that these are ways that a child feels special and safe and, um, bonded. Do you feel urges to hug her and touch her? Sometimes, and sometimes I have to remind myself because it's not as if I don't enjoy it. I, I love to like make her feel loved. And I love, I love it when she comes and, you know, holds my hand or asks me to rock with her, asks me to do the bedtime story. Like my heart just wants to burst. Like I love her so much. Um, but I have to work hard to show her sometimes. Um, I want her to know in a way that I didn't know. But then in the giving, it's like, oh, this is hard. It's hard for like me to give it away when I didn't have it. 
Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Red Baron's new fully loaded hand-tossed style pizza is so full of topping. Hold on there, partner. That there pizza is big enough for the both of us. With a half pound of toppings and a soft, chewy crust, it sure is. Problem is, though, this town ain't. (gasps) Introducing the Red Baron fully loaded hand-tossed style pizza. Share something awesome. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. I'm struck by the story from your childhood about feeling like a ghost because I think that you're still struggling with this experience of invisibility. You know, it sounds like it's happening in in your difficulty sharing and the story and the memory of your losses and, mm-hmm. and feeling overshadowed by the loss of this other woman. So I wonder what it would take... To, be, to become more visible, to help yourself be more seen? I have no idea. I think in terms of my first husband, it's, you know, sharing more memories without being asked, maybe. Um, do you feel like you can do that with your current husband? I think that I do sometimes, but there's such a focus on um, sharing memories of our daughter's mom. And, uh, you know, dinner or something. Well, mommy really loved this food. This was her favorite. And, you know, um, can I say that like, oh, you know, my husband really liked this when he was alive. And um, do you want to hear a funny story? What do, you, what do you worry would happen if you did that? Um, that I am competing or that I'm trying to um, force my life on them. I'm not really sure, but... Um, but it's almost like they're talking to each other, mm-hmm. your husband and his daughter, mm-hmm. about the woman who died, mm-hmm. who they miss, and you have no one to talk to about it. You're mm-hmm. not talking about your prior husband because this is a you're watching a father and daughter have an exchange about the the woman who died, mm-hmm. and that has nothing to. Do with your story. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't feel right to insert your story. And you're making that choice mm-hmm. and keeping it private. Mm-hmm. And that you could choose to talk about him mm-hmm. anytime. And you could choose to make yourself be visible mm-hmm. 
maybe it's about making your feelings and thoughts and needs more visible with your current husband and knowing that when you don't assert them, you're just choosing to have, to be private. You're not, mm-hmm. you're not being, it's not happening to you. Yeah. The way it did in your childhood. You're choosing it. Yeah, I think, I think you really do make a great point and how lonely I make myself feel um, to look at it as if like I'm just being unseen. Um, I think there are definitely occasions when I could be more vocal and, um, one of the fears that I think is that, yes, I, I have this deep fear of being invisible and that I do make myself so out of habit or, you know, just life experience, like it's the best way to be. But then on the other end of it, like, what if I take up too much space? You know, like here, the majority of my family unit lost the same person and, you know, like maybe, maybe their loss is supposed to look bigger than mine because there's no one for me to share in the family unit. You know what I mean? But you have this new problem with keeping yourself small, which is that Mm -hmm. you feel like an imposter. Mm -hmm. And I think that feeling like an imposter is interfering with naturally giving this little girl affection. Even if you do feel affectionate towards her, it's like you're working so hard to keep yourself small. Like you're cut off from your feelings because you're working so hard to keep yourself small. Mm -hmm. And so I think we need to look at what fills you, what makes you feel seen, what are your sources of receiving love. I think think that that is going to come from taking up more space in your marriage and Mm -hmm. how do you ask for more Mm -hmm. time and space to talk about your feelings, including your feelings about your prior husband and your feelings around his loss and practice communication about your past, more communication about your differences from his prior wife. I think you need to feel like you have permission to be yourself in your in this new family mm-hmm. and, and to see that nothing bad is going to happen. I think that I am also, I need to find a line between helping to teach her about her mom. I make such an effort in teaching her these funny stories or preferences or, you know, what, what have you, but also teaching her about myself. Yes. And I, I think that I really struggle with knowing when that is, you know, I think that's always, you should always be teaching her about yourself because you're real and you are her stepmother, which is her mother. Yes. And you don't have to worry about honoring the memory of her other mother because her dad can do that. And it's real. She lived. She, her story is is there. And you don't have to remember to make space for it because Mm -hmm. I think it will come up on its own. Yes, I just don't want her to feel as if I'm trying to cover up her mother or that I don't care to know who her mother was. I want her to hear from me that I know these things and that I care about them, that I care that she knows them. But you're you not know? you're not trying to cover up her mother. No. So you don't have to fear that she would think that because it's not true. You're just growing. Mm-hmm. 
growing and adding this new family onto the story, the prior story of this family and the prior story of your history. Mm-hmm. I want her to just have a strong sense of self and where she comes from. This was her birth mother. This is her stepmother. This is her dad. And this is her family history. And then she feels really confident in where she comes from. I don't know. But it sounds like there's already a very nice foundation of honoring the memory and keeping room in the house for her birth mother. Yeah. But it sounds like you are holding yourself back from making room for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think in order for her to feel like she has that strong foundation, she needs to get to know you better. You need to show more of yourself to her. Mm-hmm. What do you think it was just now that brought the tears? Um, I just love her so much. And I feel for her and like what, what she'll go through um, in feeling this hole for her mother and knowing that I may never fill it probably won't ever feel it. She's always going to have this wound of like that loss and um, wondering if out of a sense of loyalty to her mom that she won't want to love me or that she'll shun my affection for her or not trust me or, um, you know. I know, but I think she's, she was three when she lost her mom. Mm-hmm. You're going to have more years with her than she had with her mom. It's true. Next year, you will have as many years with her as she had with her mom. Yeah. Her attachment to you is, is has the chance to build. And she's going to know you better than she knew her because she was so little. Mm-hmm. So... I think it's intimidating to really appreciate that you're her mother, but she's going to view you as her mother because it's going to be the majority of what she knows. Yeah. I hear you that you're afraid that that'll never happen, but maybe you're holding back from really making that happen Mm -hmm. because you're scared of the rejection, but... I think it's going to happen pretty naturally. And I think you're going to have to trust her more that she can love you (laughs) like a mother. So I think you need to take this risk of being more real with her, allowing yourself Mm -hmm. to, you know, have moments where you are introverted and not Mm -hmm. perfect and See that she can love you through that. Mm-hmm. That she's not going to punish you through that. Mm-hmm. And to see what happens if you take the risk of of letting some of those bigger feelings, some of those bigger loving feelings, the feelings that I think brought tears to your eyes mm-hmm. today, to take the risk of showing her some of those feelings because I think that is the enormous love you have inside of you. Mm-hmm. She's going to want to know you in your fullness because she's going to want to feel fully loved by a real person.
Motherhood Sessions is a production of Gimlet and Spotify. It's produced by Peter Bresnan and Kimmy Regler. Our editors are Devin Taylor and Nazanin Rafsanjani. Music and mixing by Emma Munger. We'll have a brand new episode next week. Thank you.